2: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, that's the way tire buying should be. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10000 recommended installers, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Uh, We are headed out to the Breeders' Cup in Keeneland. That's November 4th and 5th. Your score is calling. Watch and wager on 14 championship races with full international fields, even bigger payouts. Learn more at BreedersCup.com slash 2022. Place your bets now at TVG.com. Um, you know, usually I like to start off the hours with a rant. Something that's really been bubbling, if you will. Uh, by the way, the um, in the bonus pod, we'll talk a little bit of football, but a lot about last night's uh, dubs game and the awkwardness of the Warriors, and I, I just, I don't see it with the Lakers. I just, I've been telling you to get the under on those 45 and a half wins for a long time. But I, I want to start this hour with the, with the Midway. It's the middle of the day, the middle of the show, the middle of the week. Let's get to it.
1: Stuck in the middle
4: with you.
2: It's
1: time for Stuck in the, middle. the Midway.
5: Jason Stewart, what's the Midway topic? okay Doug so um you know over the last couple of days we've seen some seen some like heated exchanges uh you know from Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones yesterday reportedly ending in uh Jerry Jones saying don't f with me now, um, don't
2: don't F with me now
5: yeah now, don't, don't F with me it, everybody in the stadium's gonna have a remote control um don't f with me. And also the altercation um, you know with uh, Jordan Poole and Draymond Green and then you had Marcus Smart and uh, Joel Embiid last night getting into it. And I was thinking why don't we just chat about some of the most like memorable like altercations we remember seeing, reading about? And I what came to mind first, and this is the litmus test, what comes to mind immediately was and you probably know all the background behind this. Former Temple head coach John Chaney getting into it at a post-game press I'm conference kill with, you. with John Calipari. I'm kill you. And making a terrorist threat that he's gonna kill him. That I mean, if that happened today, that would be it. Would just blow up on Twitter. But well, it that did blow up. Then. That I mean, was, was huge was back was the then. Yeah. Was what same. was the what's the story between those two guys? Were they both like in the same conference and hated well, each they're other? In the same or?
2: league. They're both in the A10. You, I mean, Temple had been good for a long time. And, uh, I think at the time Cal was young and brash. And I think that's what it was about, you know, respect thing, respect thing. I mean, like, look, college, college basketball, the most memorable fight was the Xavier Cincinnati one. Do you guys remember that one? Xavier Cincinnati. And then afterwards they asked, I think it was two Holloway was the point guard of Xavier. He's like, yeah, we got a, we got an expression. We zip them up like their body bags, like zip them up. I thought that was great. It's really good. I mean, it was good. It was not necessarily timely, and people freaked out about it. It Was just a fight. Um, I mean, the most memorable fight was the Mouse of the Palace, right?
5: Oh yeah, when uh, Stephen Jackson was not acting as a peacemaker, according nope. to David Stern. Yeah, it was not <laughs> the, the
2: the the best is Ron Artest asking the guys if they he thought if they thought they get in trouble for it. <laughs> What do you think, guys? Think we're getting in trouble
5: for it? Yes, yes. We're... You mean you mean that thing that's never happened in sports until then and hasn't happened since that yes, that little thing? The one. Yeah,
2: that's that's the one. That's the one.
5: Um, all right. Uh, what about you, Dan Byer?
2: Your f- most memorable altercation <laughs> in sports? Oh man, this is a midway first.
6: Where honestly, it was going to be Calipari. The King. midway. Um, so that that's that's it was taken off the board. I got one but... for you that you'll remember. I, I I've got one as well. Okay, go. Um, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get the the details on it because I remember uh, what was what, okay. It was Miami against. Oh my Florida, gosh, that was the one I was going to suggest. Florida International, the yes. Lamar Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Didn't somebody stomp on somebody else? Yeah, and and he was on the call of it, and he's like, "That's why you come to the U, or that's what happens when you mess with the U," and so then he got he. Got, Got fired uh for that for uh supporting the uh the 31 players um who were suspended for their roles in that brawl.
2: Don uh, Strock was the coach of FIU.
6: Mm. Yeah, former uh Dolphins former backup. Dolphin.
2: Yeah, he was, but he was one of the quarterbacks the 72 72 uh, season, right?
6: I I remember him He was. Okay. Yep. All yeah. right.
2: I remember
5: him being there Greasy in the
6: early '80s, yeah. Greasy and oh. Struck,
5: and the um, so the the guy that was doing commentary for Miami was a former Dolphin too. Who was that? Um, well, that was Lamar Thomas. That's who got fired. Lamar Thomas. That's what he's okay. talking yeah. about. He got yeah. he got, he but, got fired but,
2: because he was like, "Yeah, that's <laughs> what you get when you come to the U." <laughs> right. Um, but
5: he, he made a comment hi, uh, to Lamar, the body of water. Could you water. come in my
2: office, please? Close the door. <laughs> Listen, uh, we love your passion for the University of Miami, but. We're going to have to let you go. That's just not conduct becoming when you're on the TV (laughs) broadcast or something like this. The exact quote, now that's what I'm
6: talking about. You come into our house, you should get your behind kick. You don't come into the OB playing that stuff. You're across the ocean over there. You're across the city. You can't come over to our place talking noise like that. You'll get your butt beat. I was about
5: to go down the elevator to get in that thing. Amazing. Yes. And across the ocean, Bo, it, it's not like they were playing <laughs> yes. Portugal. They're they're playing two teams in the same state, right? Uh, in the same city. <laughs> yes.
3: In across the, the
2: ocean. Well, yeah. I, I mean, you, if you know where they're located, I mean, he's... Yeah, I mean, that's what he's talking about. So... Um, <laughs> I, I don't think they're across the ocean from each other, though. No, I don't think so. Be, because, well, Florida International, because I know that Uh, Coral Gables is, Florida National is is on the same piece of land, isn't it? It's not on a, Florida National is not on any of the, like, the little islands. So it's not even accurate. That was a, that was an alternative. Yeah, maybe by ocean
5: he meant, uh, maybe there's a water fountain that separates the two There is water that
2: separates a lot of things in Miami, right? But I don't think, I can't remember where Florida National, because I've been to Florida National, called a basketball game there. And I do know that it's a, it's in a different spot than, than you would think, but no, it's not a, it's uh that's an interesting
5: one. There was a, uh, there was a documentary just recently about Nolan Ryan and the whole Robin Ventura story came up and there's some great things in that. Um, and it reminds me of what we're talking about here, but. I guess Ventura was told by his manager at the time, and I forget who the White Sox manager was in 87 or 88. They had had a a, a moment the night before, and the manager told his players, whoever Nolan Ryan hits first is going out to the mound. And it was Ventura, who I think was a rookie at the time. And he's like, my God, I got to do this. And he got his ass kicked or his head kicked, or head punched, however you want that. Hmm. Changed.
6: Um, I, I tell you what for Robin Ventura no, is one of the works. young stars in all of baseball and that completely changed I mean his hitting streak at Oklahoma State uh you know was a thing of legend but then this completely changed everything he Correct that's like about. all he's known
2: for. Yes. All he's known for.
5: Thanks coach.
2: That's unfair cuz he's he's back at Oklahoma State by the way as uh, as I think the hitting coach. Oh really?
5: Yeah. He was the manager in the majors, right, at some point for like yeah. a year? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, okay, other uh, – let's see here. We've hit – there's been lots of baseball ones, right? I mean, Can I say the one the most that, famous oh. one was Roger Clemens and Mike Piazza, right? Remember that one?
5: Oh, yeah. it was. That was in the World Series. With a broken bat, yep. And uh, Clemens, didn't he – he said something like he, he thought it was the baseball – yeah. Which makes a lot of sense because when she, when you get a comebacker, you just throw the ball at the player like kickball. That made a lot of sense.
2: Well, when your you're head's so screwed up by the steroids you think <laughs> yeah. maybe it feels like <laughs> baseball, who knows? That's, that, that's it. So we got college basketball. We got NBA basketball. Oh, I got one. Was it uh, Cortland Finnegan and Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson? Yep.
5: That was a Andre good one. Andre
2: Johnson just whooped his ass. It was like snapping the ball and it was like, I'm taking care of my business, and it was like, Wait, whoa, whoa, what happened there that's the that's one I can remember
5: I'm surprised that doesn't happen more <laughs> John, did you have one did yeah, there
7: was a fight, I think it was twenty nineteen where it was the Reds and the <laughs> uh and the yeah. Cardinals. It's the Reds and, and
2: Pirates. It
7: was okay. Well the one I saw had Johnny Cueto kicking people in the face with his metal cleats. I remember that. And he they were all against the fence. Oh that the backstop. And they he was just kicking people with his yeah. metal cleats, which which if you've ever been cleated before in the leg not a good thing, I, so the face, probably not a great thing as well. That
6: that actually may have happened, because I thought you were talking about when Amir Garrett tried to fight the entire Pittsburgh.
4: <laughs> oh, oh, not yeah, too. That they were too. taking
6: Garrett out of the game. Instead yeah. of him going to his dugout, he walked by himself over to the Pirates
7: dugout and then started fighting everybody. <laughs> I think Yasiel Puig was in on that one, too, when he was with the Reds for the season. But What happened to Yasiel Puig? I don't know. He's playing in Mexico right now, by the way, just FYI.
2: How did he fall off so quickly?
7: I don't. think... Well, allegedly, I don't think he was good in, good in the clubhouse. I think he was a very bad. Well,
2: you know, no question, but oh, uh, like on yeah, the field, you mean you can get through and you can play.
7: Yeah, on the field, he was all, he was awesome.
2: Well, you just he never hit the cutoff, man. You had no idea. what yeah, he was Yeah, just chucking
5: do balls. Yeah, yeah, he was he
2: was a he was a special
5: one. But at the plate, I think like Puig's first six weeks are oh, yeah. some of the most amazing stats you're ever going to see. And then the rest of the league gets a scouting report on him. And he's just like one of these guys that just never adjusted. He just tried to will his way through it, even though they were pitching him pitches that he couldn't hit. His
2: first year, he was a runner-up for Rookie of the Year. He hit 19 home runs in 104 games. His second year, he was an all-star. He had 16 home runs, 296. Uh, after that, then he got, you know, the next year with Dodgers, he was hurt a bit. Um, and... He, he was hitting like 255 on base, 32 percent of the time, and it just went down from there. He did have one 28 home run year with the Dodgers in 2017, but God, it went bad. It went to hell in a handbasket, didn't it? And, the, and and he was bad in the clubhouse.
6: The Reds Cardinals fight that John was referencing because when he mentioned going up against the backstop, that was 2010,
5: I believe okay. that happened. But yeah, yeah, let's try to get the years right, guys. <laughs> I'll try to clean Ah, that up in post, I guess. Yeah, take it out. Yeah.
2: Any other ones we want to air? The Midway. Jay
5: Stu? Oh, I think we're good. That was fun. Thanks for uh, participating, guys. There you go. There's the Midway. Enjoy your afternoon off.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
8: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. At Bed 365
4: we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You guys hear the story about um, a couple of uh, junior college wrestlers from Northwest College got attacked by a bear at Yellowstone National Park? Uh kid named Brady Lowry suffered a broken arm and punctured wounds in initial attacks. Su- they uh, after they surprised the bear while searching for antlers shed by elk and deer in Shoshone National Forest. That's that's got to be top five nightmares for most most anybody in the woods, right? That all of a sudden, like you're looking for something else, and a bear attacks you. Video. <laughs> Let's keep recording on this. Have you shown? Have you guys seen this? I did.
7: Yeah, it was incredible. No, I'm, I'm asking if anybody else seen it. I've seen the picture of the two guys. I don't haven't seen the video. What I don't understand is, again, <laughs> you go into the domain of bears. I can, now, if the bear walks into the street of you know Ventura Boulevard and right here out Sepulveda, then okay, yeah. But when you're into the woods and a bear jumps out, I mean that's are not you kind of like, I don't want to say asking for it, but isn't that part of the the game plan? Like, hey, there could be a bear in here, some wild animal. Uh, I I I don't get it. I have never gotten it. I don't get going into the area of.
2: Well, they were they were looking for they were looking great. for deer and elk, right? Um, wow. Well, and all okay. of a sudden, a, a bear pops out, and it looks looked like the bear was defending its cub. Well, yeah, because it lives there. Right. That's what I mean. So, so, you're, what, you're, so you're i defended my bear. house, right? You're on team right? bear, is someone what you're saying?
7: I'm not on team bear, I'm just You're on
2: team bear. Do you see that I mean have you seen this kid, <laughs> this kid got I mean he got mauled pretty good.
7: I'm happy that the two young men made it through and that they lived. I'm I'm just saying that I don't I, never... yeah, I don't know
2: why we had to kill the bear.
7: Yeah, he's sorry for defending your child. You know. I can see I'm, if I'm... a dog attacks a child on the street, right? I mean, you know, that's it's the street and it's you got to watch your dogs, they're on leashes, things like that, out of control. But it's a bear in the woods, like minding its own business. And all of a sudden, it's somebody comes up and it's cubs. It's like, wait, I got to defend my kids. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, let's try and let's kill that thing off.
2: Maybe they're trying to find out the age old question do bears poop in the woods? <laughs> right. Somebody kept asking, like, what, I don't know, what do you, do bears poop in the woods? Like, I don't know. I'm going to go in the woods and check it out. When Oops. I when I was when I was young, I got
6: bit by a dog. Why couldn't they just do what they did then and take the dog to another farm across town and
2: let him live there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and by the uh, way, that's exactly <laughs> what happened to that dog. That's exactly what happened. They took it to a different area and they let it run free. Yeah, across and it, town, it runs free to this day. Yep,
6: yep. Just uh, you know, we were. In, Different wards, so I guess it wasn't going to bite me again,
2: and it was a win-win, win-win, win-win for the dog. The dog got freedom, and you got rid of the the, the ultimate nightmare.
5: And by That's the what... way, uh, John saying that if we walk out on Sepulveda, we're not going <laughs> to see any bears. I like, I think it was like 15 years ago. I did run into a bear at the elevators. Mike Ditka came in for a uh, <laughs> an interview.
6: <laughs> John's always been a Bears fan, so.
2: <laughs> It I, seems like there's a lot of bulls. I mean, Doug, bear.
7: am I off base? I, no. Please tell me if if you feel like I'm off base on that. I, no, not, not in any okay. way. Not in any way. You I'm know? Seem like the, I don't, no, I'm not I mean, understanding I I, again, I, like, I,
2: understand, I understand when there's rabid animals and they come out of nowhere and they attack or whatever. You got to put them down. But like in this particular case, it was a bear in its own habitat and they're wrong place, wrong time. And it's just reacting on instinct. And we put the bear down. That kind of seems unfair. But isn't that why they had to kill Harambe? Or yeah, the, well, but yeah. Harambe was in a zoo.
6: I know, but the interaction that occurred. So, like, you would think, like, if there was another person that interacted with this bear, that then the bear would react in the same way.
2: No, I, I get it, but it's, it's in the... I, to, to John's point, it's in the wild. So another person might not have seen it. And... Again, we, we don't know context. Like sure, but why run the risk was that a bad day? It may
6: or may not like? Huh?
2: You know, but why run the risk? I didn't risk? want them to yeah. put down Harambe. Uh, was it was it a kid who climbed in with Harambe or dude was an adult? Um,
6: I can't remember.
2: I right, hear uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. I don't know if they ever sponsor our stuff, whatever. And I have been. Oh jeez, I can't do the
7: zoo thing. You can't go to zoos at all.
2: Uh, I mean, I've been. I, oh I yeah! Just, it's just so sad. So sad. Cincinnati Zoo, by the way, was Harambe. Yes. and it was a three-year-old boy.
7: A boy jumped in on his own. I can't remember. He yeah. jumped. Okay, he
2: climbed a three-foot-high fence. Why do they only have a three-foot-high fence? <laughs> and then <laughs> threw it five, uh, four feet of bushes, and then fell fifteen feet to the moat, and uh, yeah. Harambe became increasingly agitated and disoriented by the streams of onlookers. And they thought he was going to, I mean, the, the animal was so strong I and mean, they could have just snapped the, the poor kid. I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I can't do the zoo thing anyway. I'm not sure they should have put Harambe down. It wasn't Harambe's fault that the kid fell into, but I don't know if they had a choice in terms of, you know, couldn't they have just shot it with a bunch of darts and knocked it out? I don't, I don't know the answer to that one. All right, more zoo talk, and uh, Wild we will talk with Rich Ornberg in a second.
6: Here's Dan Beyer. Uh Phillies and Padres about to get going on Fox Sports 1. It's game two of the NLCS. Phillies up 1-0 in the best of seven series. Yeah, coverage well underway. First pitch in just a matter of minutes. Yankees and Astros, 737 Eastern time tonight in their game. One of the American League Championship Series. That game will be on TBS. Cowboys welcome the Lions to town on Sunday. And it sure looks like Dak Prescott's going to be their starting quarterback. Prescott has been cleared to return to action, according to head coach Mike McCarthy, as Prescott will take part in practice tomorrow. Dolphins quarterback Tua tonga expected to return this Sunday against the pittsburgh steelers talking to reporters today about his recent injuries i
4: would say those kind of things weigh more on my parents than they do for for me just with me being their their son but just want to go out there and do good you know do good for our team do right you know for this organization do right for the guys inside the building that i see every day
6: P.J. Walker gets the start again for the Panthers. They've got the Bucks on Sunday, Walker under center. Another quarterback in the news in Carolina, Sam Darnold, has been designated to return from his ankle injury. Tomorrow night, it's the Saints and Cardinals on Thursday night football. New Orleans without Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. Also, corner Marshawn Lattimore is not going to play. As for the Cardinals, running back James Conner is considered a game-time decision. The newly acquired wide receiver Robbie Anderson is expected to be very limited in his Cardinals debut tomorrow. Jets will take on the... You Winnipeg Jets. It is take on the Colorado Avalanche tonight at nine thirty Eastern Time in our Discover Card key matchup brought to you by Discover. We could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, or we could talk about how with Discover you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, talk about amazing. Learn more at discover dot com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Doug, back to you.
2: You know, it's funny we got into the Harambe wild animal conversation, and I was I got a DM from a a, a, a long time listener Brian Johnson listens to us up. Uh, in Eugene, and he was talking about how yesterday he was just dying at our cheese conversation, and his wife was listening too. She's like, "Why are you? Why, why are you?" She was enjoying the fact that he was enjoying listening to a sports <laughs> show about cheese. Oh uh, yeah, sure enough, yes. So, so it I does. think he's got something for you, Doug. So who does Brian? Does I think so? I think yeah. I think so as well. Rich Ornberger joins us, former NFL lineman, host of multiple shows in Fox Sports Radio. Right? He works a lot. Plus, he does a morning show in San Diego. Um, have you seen the video of the, the two wrestlers in uh, in a national park in Wyoming getting attacked by the bear?
9: No, no, but I would love to see that. What happened?
2: Um, I guess they were they were looking for uh, elk and deer like antlers, you know, or I don't know, rub marks. I don't know if they're hunting or whatever. And they, like, surprised a bear who had a cub, and the bear attacked him mauled one of them, scratched up his face pretty good, broke his arm, and the other one had a video camera, like kicking him and kind of saved his buddy. But but Ramos brings up a question, which is a good one. Just like, are you kind of on team bear? Like I don't know why they put the bear down. The bear is defending a cub in its own environment. I don't know what you do there.
9: Yeah, no, I I don't I don't really know what the goal, what the goal of taking the bear out would be, unless you know you know. I mean, from what I understand, I'm not a hunter. I've never actually killed an animal or gone on a hunt or anything i've barely even shot a gun before i mean that's i I grew up in a house that was not even with that um but but i'm interested in eating you know and i hear that bear meat actually tastes surprisingly good so if you're going to take out a bear hopefully you know somebody got some steaks out of it what's what's bear meat like I don't know. I I mean, you hear a mixture of things. I guess the closest comparison would be beef, but they say sometimes the meat could be super flavorful, like almost like sweet if a bear has a consistent diet of berries, like blueberries before hibernation and stuff like that. I don't know, man. I don't know much about it. Like I said, I've never been hunting, but like videos like that are just such a good reminder of, how low on the food chain we actually are. Like, we think of ourselves so highly, but take the guns out of your hand, go on a hike and encounter a wild animal and see how scared you are. Like, that's, that's real nature happening. And that's what, like, the people who are manifesting destiny and traveling west so that we can enjoy Southern California on surfboards we're doing, what we do is ridiculous. Like, we just go to work in cars and, you know, and all that. But, yeah, that's, that's real nature out there.
2: All right, we'll get we'll get we'll get off the pushing ourselves further and further down the uh, the food chain for a second. Let's get to football. Um yeah. What do you think Belichick does at quarterback?
9: Jeez, I mean, I think he goes with the best guy, right? I mean, and you know, we're just talking about natural selection, right? It's survival of the fittest. It's survival of the fittest in that Patriots locker room too. That is the reality of being there if you're not the best at your position and somebody behind you is, that gets sorted out pretty quickly in New England. And so Bailey Zappi, you know, I, I put out this tweet, Doug, after last week, and every time I see him play, I start thinking more and more about Mac Jones's trade value because he's impressive. And, and by that, I mean, you know, for where they selected him in the draft and for how he's performing, especially since he was sort of thrown in there, uh, without m- much warning, without much ability to get caught up on, you know, the speed of the NFL game. I, he's, shown, he's shown at very least the propensity and the capability that Mac Jones already possesses. Now, it's in a short sample, and I'm aware of that. And recency bias takes over sometimes, and, and everybody is aware of that in sports. But if, if he consistently does what he's done over the past couple of weeks, I could very easily see Salicek and this offensive staff going, you know what, we're going to stick with the winning for- formula, and right now we're winning with Bailey, and so we're going to continue trending in that direction. Is
2: there a fix for Russell Wilson in
9: the Broncos? Boy, uh, that is such a mess, and it's, it's a mess in so many different ways. The offensive line isn't protecting long enough, so Russell's on the run. That's disturbing, the timing of plays. He's been weirdly inaccurate because he's typically – very good at finding his receivers. Uh, the run game has been kind of a mess. I, I mean, offensively, they have so many problems than just the quarterback that you wonder, you wonder if they're going to get that thing fixed this season at all. I will say this: in terms of Russell Wilson and this offense, I think they need to simplify it. I think they need to hem this playbook, you know, all the way down to building block stuff and give them a handful of plays that they can execute perfectly and work from there. Because I think they're trying to do too much with pre-snap motion and different formation looks and all that stuff. And, and nobody's got it. It's not clean right now. They, they need to get back to basics.
2: Rich Hornberger, joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. If you like rich, you'll be able to hear him on our San Diego affiliate every morning, of course, on Fox sports radio on the weekends. Have you I know that free agents, it's like a 33% hit rate. But J.C. Jackson, they had to get him off the field on Monday night. Like, he, the the Broncos scored 13 points in the first half. And I would make the case that all of them were on J.C. Jackson, right? The first field goal was a pass interference on J.C. Jackson. The touchdown was he was in man. Everybody else was in uh, uh, three deep zone, right? And then right before the halftime, he got caught kind of squatting on a route and got beat in a double move led to a field goal. I mean, how does a guy go from being so well regarded, leading the league in interceptions since he got into the NFL playing for the Patriots to you got to get him off the field?
9: Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing that's happening defensively for the Chargers because you know this. okay, so it's it's beautiful that we have this comparison and it's so apt right now because they just played each other on Monday night, but you got the Chargers and the Broncos both Chargers a year ago. Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos this past year, they made these hiring decisions because the Chargers said, hey, we want that brain, that, that Brandon Staley brain mm-hmm. on our defense. And likewise, the Denver Broncos were like, hey, we really like what Hackett did with the Denver Broncos. We need his brain on this offense, and we'll pay the extra money it takes for a head coach, and we'll give him a chance to see if he's a, a good administrator, not just good on his side of the ball. And really what we've seen from Brandon Staley is the defensive side of the ball hasn't been all that great over his tenure as the Chargers head coach, and players aren't developing all that well under him. And likewise for Hackett, at least through the early portion of the season with the Denver Broncos, which is weird because that's what you brought them in to improve that side of the ball that they're responsible for. And then, oh, by the way, hopefully we found the next Sean McVay, right? Hopefully we found a great leader you know, like a Dan Campbell. I realize he doesn't have the results yet, but he won over that locker room. Hopefully, that's the influence these guys can have on the whole team. And it just hasn't worked out for the Chargers yet. And J.C. Jackson, for as good as he looked, uh, he's really struggled as a Charger so far, and especially in prime time. And you're right, man. I mean, he completely blew that, that zone coverage. I mean, he just vacated his deep third and you know, that, that leads to seven points, and it's, it was just a mess defensively for the Chargers on Monday.
2: Complete and utter mess. Um, okay, let, let's, let's get to a couple other little, little, little ditties. Um, what, what's wrong with the Rams?
9: The Rams, it's very simple. You know, this one's a simple one. The Rams are so reliant on their run game setting up everything. And I know we love to talk about Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford and how Jared Goff just wasn't the guy. So they needed to go out and find Matthew Stafford to fix this whole thing, and they won a Super Bowl, and everybody's super happy. But the truth is, they went to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Now, is he intangibly better than Matthew Stafford? The answer is absolutely not. Matthew Stafford is an elite-level passer. Jared Goff is not. However, I will say this. Is he good enough to help a team go to the Super Bowl? Well, yeah, we have proof of that. And in that Sean McVay offense, really the secret sauce is uh, attacking you on the ground, getting you to defend the run, and then being able to build this play-action pass game off of that and being able to exploit you on crossing routes. Like a lot of Cooper Cup's biggest plays are 10-yard receptions over the middle that he makes one, he makes one uh, 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 tackler miss him, and then he's off to the races for 40 yards. You know, you see, you saw that with Odell Beckham Jr. late in the season. Like, his offense is actually, his passing game is actually, for the most part, played pretty close to the line of scrimmage, and it's built off the run game. Their biggest problem is the fact that they can't create a run game because they don't have a consist- any consistency at offensive line due to all the injuries. They've played six weeks of football with six different groupings of offensive linemen. They've lost their left tackle now for the season with an Achilles. That has been a disastrous start from an injury situation for the Rams. There are very few teams who can overcome those odds and obstacles. And so the outlook right now is not looking good for L.A.
2: The last undefeated team is the Eagles. Uh, obviously, they got, some, they got some studs at wide receiver, good offensive line, defense is good as well. But they have this weird the, – the, the stats are weird. Can't score in the first quarter. Second half, they're, they're the third worst. They're 30th in the NFL in second half scoring. But the second quarter, they're amazing, right? They just they – just, <laughs> second quarter, they just dominate. Break that. What is what, – how do you read um, – how, how do you read the Eagles using those stats?
9: Well, it's so strange. Uh, yeah, when you just look at the box score, you're like, wait, what? How does this make any sense? But if you think about it, Doug, like, okay, if, if we're in a game and you score, I don't know, seven to ten points in the first quarter to my none, but then I figure it out. Like, I'm a little bit of a slow starter, but I figure it out. And in the second, score, in the second quarter, I score 21. Well, if I have a good enough defense and I have a ball-control offense like they do, well, I can sort of slow the game down in the second half, and I don't have to worry about scoring, outscoring opponents by a million in the second half. I just, we just have to possess the football. And so that's what Nick Sirianni, that's the, that's the sort of magic of Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni is they can make explosive plays, and they do when they need to, but they can also protect the ball and run the ball and use the short pass game almost as a run game. And they can play great defense and shorten drives offensively for their opponents, time of possession. They've done a really nice job with especially in the second half. And so even those, those, those numbers, when you just look at those raw stats and say, You know, they're getting outscored in every single other quarter. How is it that they're winning all these games? Well, it's because in the second half, especially, they're finding a way to slow the game down. And even though they're getting outscored, it's not enough to catch up at that point. So it's a credit to the game plan offensively. I don't know if it's sustainable. You know, they're going to run into problems with that formula somewhere down the the stretch. You know, uh, obviously, halftime adjustments are supremely important in the NFL but at least through these first six weeks it's worked and that team right now is operating extremely well they did not miss on jordan davis up front in the first round holy moly can that dude play every snap he's out there as a defensive lineman he's noticeable and jalen hurts is a real nfl starting quarterback uh that's what i've learned so far it's it's been impressive, and it's uh, it's a credit to the culture that they've built in Philly over a very short amount of time.
2: Let me play for you something that Ben Rothsberger said about uh, Tom Brady. Take a
5: listen. Tom is the greatest. The Super Bowl rings, show it and talk about it and whatever. It didn't look like he wanted to be out there. Mm-hmm. I mean,
4: maybe it was the pressure that, and he was getting hit and the you know whatever was going on. But I'm like, there's no way he's
5: enjoying this. Mm-hmm. No way it just didn't look fun to him when a defense gets after you like sometimes your anger and your disgust for things happen because the other team is affected Mm -hmm. not just because you you know it's you so right Uh, but yeah it, it did it just looked like a different tom
9: what do you think oh well he's right he's right you know if you want to affect tom brady if you want to take tom brady out of a game gotta hit him you gotta hit him it's been the, the. I mean, it, everybody's been trying to do it. He's played behind some of the best offensive lines of any quarterback ever in the history of the sport, so it's been very difficult. But if you can get up on him, if you can get middle pressure, if you could get him moving, look, he's not an athlete. You know what I mean? So if he's feeling pressure down near his legs, up in the middle of the pocket, he has a hard time with that. Now, does he do a nice job moving around and, finding the empty voids in the pocket and still delivering downfield, keeping his eyes downfield. Absolutely. But does he also get rattled when he gets hit? Yeah. Have we seen it very often? No, but when he gets hit, you can take him out of the game and you can make it. So he's having a bad time. He's getting frustrated. You're going to see sideline shots of him screaming out of his, at his offensive lineman. I've been on the receiving ends of some of those. It sucks. It's a bad day. And, you know, they'll get back to the drawing board and there'll be a better day for the Bucks. you know, when they get a little bit healthier and when they get a little bit more consistent up front, too. They have a little bit of what the Rams are going through, too, in terms of offensive line. Um, and it should look better. But, yeah, against Steelers, he looked uncomfortable all day long. So Big Ben didn't miss on that one. He was right.
2: Rich Ornberger, former offensive lineman and a good one, an even better host on Fox Sports Radio on the weekends, and he does his daily morning show in San Diego. Rich, thanks so much for joining us.
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug
2: Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Reminder, download the uh, iHeartRadio app. After this show, you go over to podcasts. You can uh, click on our In the Bonus podcast, which will drop... Right there at 2 o'clock. So um, you want to listen to Cavino and Rich? They're coming up. Otherwise, we have our completely uncensored, completely raw, organic, all those, all those uh, keywords they tell us to use, right? It's actually really good. I, I enjoy it a great deal. I go back and listen to it a bunch. It's called uh, In the Bonus. It's our third hour podcast. Let's get to the press.
4: The Press.
9: Fire. Fire.
4: Buyer, beware.
6: What do you got there, D? Doug, we start out in the NFL where the Pro Football Network is reporting that the Kansas City Chiefs are considered one of the front runners to sign free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr.
2: Yeah, there's people, you know, they they restructured Travis Kelsey's contract and everybody's trying to wonder, is it for OBJ? Is it a trade for Christian McCaffrey? Like, what is it for? Or who is it for? Um, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, do they need Odell Beckham Jr. Or do they just want to take him to block him from going to somewhere else? It's also a question to have. I'm curious as well to see you know Juju Smith-Schuster broke a
6: tackle, took one to the house against the Bills in Week Six. Is that going to end up being maybe a breakout moment for him uh, to be uh, to be more involved with with Kansas City and maybe have more of a role there as well?
2: My, my suspicions with OBJ are that there's not as much interest as he would like to believe, and that's why these stories are leaking. Because they're trying to generate interest. That's sure. why he's gone and visited so many places. I also think,
6: too, you want to look at the trade market. You know, like, if, if you're if you're able to do that sort of thing and make a move, is there somebody out there? You know, Kenny Galladay could be on his way out. Seems like he's on his way out on the outs with the Giants. and. You know, D.J. Moore's name's been thrown around, but just stuff to uh, stuff to monitor. Speaking of the Panthers, by the way, Sam Darnold's been designated to return from his ankle injury. Doesn't mean he's going to play right away. as P.J. Walker's going to start week seven against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers?
2: You know, I, I, I make uh, no apologies for my affinity for Sam Darnold as a guy and as a player. Obviously, he hasn't achieved nearly what we thought he would achieve as an NFL quarterback. I do think he's going to get another chance this year.
6: Alabama head coach Nick Saban says they are aware of an alleged incident where wide receiver Jermaine Burton struck a female fan who ran on the field following Saturday's Tennessee win over the tide.
2: That was a weird one, right? It was just kind of unwarranted. Nobody was messing with him, and this woman a uh, young girl or young woman runs by him and he kinda smacks her.
6: Yes. In in, in I don't want to say make a blanket statement, but those situations can seem are very chaotic. That didn't seem like a chaotic moment. So uh, Alabama obviously aware of the uh, incident and Zach Levine going to miss the first two games of the season for the Bulls should be able to make a season debut on Saturday.
2: Alright, it's part of my picks. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Alright, it's part of my picks which are coming up next, right, on on the pod. I got I got picks for tonight. We got Major League Baseball which is taking place in San Diego. Keep it right here. Uh, we'll get you locked and loaded as far as uh, Phillies or Padres. Um, and then we'll be back tomorrow getting you ready for Thursday night football and recapping the baseball and the full slate of NBA basketball tonight. God, I can't wait. Enjoy. Check out the podcast. It's upcoming next in the Doug Gottlieb Show.
4: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.